Hi, pal. Welcome to I've Got Your Back, the podcast. My name is Michelle Sutherland, and this is a place where I want to empower and inspire you to tap into the deepest desires of your heart and discover the magic within. Hello, everyone, and welcome to I've Got Your Back, the podcast. We are on season one, and this season is all about B Corp. And so for the last few weeks, you've been hearing from lots of different B Corps from different industries. And for this week and week seven, I am so excited to welcome on Sonia, who I actually met in Byron Bay when I lived there, so Bundjalung country. And um, I was living there for like the last 14 months before I moved back. And I just love this woman. I just think she is phenomenal. She's always... I love when she sent me her bio because the word opinionated came up and I was like, yes, I love that Sonia actually has an opinion on things and she's not afraid to use her voice. So I'm just going to share a little bit of an introduction before we say hi. So Sonia um, has a reputation for smashing the glass ceiling and running a company with a name you will never, ever forget, which is called Four Drunk Parrots. She's a marketing strategist by day, mother of two under five at night. And someone with an opinion, like I said, a big smile, which you'll get to see if you're watching on YouTube, and determination to use business as a force for good. She's got a master's degree, a master's degree in economics and a decade of agency experience. And Sonia's interests go beyond textbook marketing theory. She calls herself a storyteller because that's easier than listing strategist, journalist, marketer, entrepreneur, mentor, workshop trainer keynote speaker and opinionated mover and shaker. I love, I love all those titles. So Sonia's passion for the environment and social impact actually led her and her business, Four Drunk Parrots, to B Corp, as well as becoming climate neutral um, certified and becoming a member of 1% for the planet. So we're going to dive into that today, which I'm really curious about to find out more. So Sonia, welcome welcome to I've got your back how are you hey thanks for having me oh it's so exciting to see you and I know it's morning time in Byron so I'm just thinking what it must be like there while I'm here in Scotland like cold at midnight (laughs) well it's um we're heading into winter here so it's um relatively cold I'm wearing actually a long sleeve shirt which indicates it's below 20 degrees <laughs> just <laughs> below 20 winter, yeah. you know fireplace yeah. might go on that next week. yeah yeah fireplace <laughs> is on that's that's Byron winter for you yeah. so listen Sonia I know that when we met we had a lot of really great conversations about B Corp and the movement and even your journey with your business to become B Corp certified so I would just well firstly let's talk about you so I've obviously done a great introduction but like why do you do what you do why did you start Four drunk parrots. Tell us more about that. Sure. So I'm originally from Germany, where I studied. And when I finished studying, I wanted to do a PhD in climate change uh, in a faraway university in Suva, Fiji. And I chose Fiji because it's always sunny and you can surf. Two things (laughs) that I missed in Germany. So I went on a... Uh, journey to Fiji and it led me through 
um, Australia, where I only intended to be for a couple of months, but I really, really liked it. And I thought, okay, how can I stay? Ten years forward, I'm still here. <laughs> I never started a PhD, and I don't think I will ever go back into academia. Yeah. But I um, started um, giving social media courses and social media training. This is like 12 years ago when people didn't mm. even know what to do with Twitter yeah. and whatnot. And those courses uh, filled up rapidly. There was a huge demand in the market and I built a business very quickly. And then people wanted more than just social media. So they asked me for marketing strategy or mm. um, web design, etc. So I partnered um, with um, a web designer at the time. We built an agency that scaled very quickly. And then um, I hired a girl in PR and she said, oh, you should meet my brother. I think you might get along. Mm -hmm. And um, she was right. Three months later, I was pregnant. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love that. I love and that. And I, I was at this crossroads. So what am I mm. going to do? Because I can't work, you know, the crazy hours that you do in an agency. Yeah. And um, also the agency was heading into a direction that didn't really resonate with my core values mm. it was mm. growing very quickly had a high turnover in clients as well as in staff and um, I just wanted to do things differently and maybe even slower so mm. I made the decision to wind up the company dissolve the, the um, partnership and move down in uh, to the northern rivers where my partner mm. had a house and I thought, oh, how beautiful. I will bring up my child in the Northern Rivers. It's very green here. I'm going to have a dog. And um, <laughs> I love it. Um, it was an absolute culture shock. Because um, yeah. if you've ever been to the Northern Rivers, you know, you have to drive 30 minutes to everything. Yes. There's no coffee shop in my uh, street. My road <laughs> is seven kilometers long. So there's no way I can even walk somewhere. Anyway, yeah. still love it because mm -hmm. it's bloody green. And yes, I have a dog. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I started fresh. So by the time the company was dissolved and I was ready to start my new company, I was eight months pregnant. Wow. And I had to, I had, you know, a couple of weeks to recruit staff and find clients and make this work. And um, I remember having contractions, being in the hospital and writing my last email to my client saying, and this is really the last email. I'm having a baby now. <laughs> <laughs> and I also remember the day after giving birth, I was back at work because it was a crazy time. I just started this company yeah. and it had to work and it had to work in a certain way. Yeah. I learned a lot of lessons from um, the company that I ran before. And mm. the key takeaway was that this business needs to be built on strong ethical values. Mm. And this has to be a B Corp. And as you mm. know, you can't be a B Corp from day one. You have to mm -hmm. prove that you can do the do. Mm -hmm. So I set this new company up with the intention to become a B Corp. Mm -hmm. So we're now five years old. Um, I had another baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, this is also a funny story. Another baby story. Um, we were all working from my property, you know, where mm -hmm. it's green and no coffee shop. Mm -hmm. um, and I was pregnant with baby number two. And I thought, oh, I think I should get my employees out of my house into their own office space. So I hired this office space in Bellina, downtown on the river with Riverview. It's beautiful here. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And they moved out. And the very next day, I had little Heidi on the kitchen floor. Wow. So, <laughs> talking wow. about efficiency here, yeah. And then the week after, we were in a national lockdown uh, due to a global pandemic. So it was, again, crazy times and mm. there was no maternity leave. And um, over the past five years, we had like crisis after crisis. We had like mm. bushfires here. Mm-hmm. We had, of course, the global pandemic and we were hit by two floods. Yeah. So I'm so glad that we built this business on these ethical pillars and became mm. um, a B Corp because it really helped us navigate um, crisis after crisis Mm. Uh, and, and came out the other way because mm. it it was our north star we knew why we are in business we knew who we're serving mm-hmm. and why we have to keep going and doing what yeah. we're doing yeah and so just to touch on that so you obviously learned a lot of lessons from your previous um company when did you first hear about B Corp? Because you knew like you were setting up this business and it was going to become it. What when was it like the first time you heard about B Corp and what resonated with you about this movement and about this certification? I can't pinpoint when I heard about B Corp. It must have, yeah, I I really don't know when I learned mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, my brain works like this I'm either utterly obsessed with something or not interested at all so (laughs) (laughs) I got utterly obsessed with B Corp and spend actually and I don't want to scare anyone who's on their B Corp journey or you know um, considering becoming a B Corp in the future but I spent two years of my life becoming a B Corp yeah and when I say I spent two years of my life I started measuring everything I have mm. a spreadsheet that I'm happy to share with your listeners Michelle called mm. M- measure everything is called the, the title of my spreadsheet mm-hmm. and we measure everything from how many kilometers do our employees travel to work how much business travel do we do how do we do our business travel who are our suppliers yeah. we interview our suppliers each year we're selecting mm-hmm. our suppliers based on um, principles that we have set. We measure electricity input and output. We measure, um, and this is interesting because we're going to talk about green tech potentially today too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we, we we deliver digital services um, predominantly in, in our company. So we had to think about what is the impact of our work on the planet mm-hmm. and um, every it's not only what the energy consumption in our office space that we should consider. It's also the energy consumption of every single website and email mm. and social media posts that we're putting out there. So mm. I went a bit crazy, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, actually obsessed, like I said, and um, started measuring everything, measuring every pro bono hour we're spending on mm-hmm. um, grassroots organizations who, quite frankly, cannot afford us. Mm-hmm. Um, volunteer hours of our staff. Um, for example, in front of our office, I mentioned there's um, a river. Uh, the river is in a very bad shape. Um, and we started cleaning um, the riverfront in front of our office and maybe 150 meters to each side once a week. And we started measuring um, how much rubbish we're actually removing from the river. Um, as a team. And I think last year, uh, or this financial year, it is uh, something like 80 kg that we put out. And the stuff wow. we're putting out of the river is just shocking. I, shocking. I, can, I can't even imagine. It would be so random. I did a beach cleanup once in Manly. 
before the diggers come and, you know, the council comes and takes it away and makes it look very pretty every morning. But I did that once and the amount of rubbish in one hour that was collected, I was like gobsmacked. I couldn't even believe it. Yeah. So because we do it as a team activity, mm. look, we're sitting, we're sitting all day on our computers. So going outside and doing something on the fresh mm. air is really good for us mm. and um, moving, moving around. So we, because we do it as a team activity, it's kind of a you know, team bonding exercise. It's also fun when you find obscure things in the river mm-hmm. or on the, um, on the beach. Um, we started in, to inspire other businesses around us. So there's a hotel um, where our office is nearby and the hotel staff joined in. Oh, wow. And like from the hotel manager to the uh, to the cleaners, to reception staff, or next door is a beauty salon. So the mm-hmm. beautationers came out and brought their own gloves and um uh bags and you know we, we then started buying bags and and gloves and just having them ready for paper to join mm-hmm. in you know mm-hmm. so it became kind of a a little a micro movement and um, yeah and I fun. love that and I love it because you said like your company from the beginning aligned with B Corp you wanted those strong ethics and those strong values and so and then you've got the B Corp certification and like you said mesh because all that I mean, if you think of the B Corp assessment, like I've shared in many other calls, it's measuring your impact. And I just love that you were like taking it to the next level and you're like measuring everything. And when you measure everything and you go out there and you show, you just, you're doing the do, you're going to bring other, you're going to inspire other people naturally. And, and I think, I actually think that's why this movement is gaining such momentum because people, I don't think there's anyone in the world that doesn't want to make a difference, that doesn't want to make a positive impact. But it's just maybe being inspired by someone or knowing what to do or just knowing, like you said, like a little micro movement can actually make a difference because you're all doing it together. Um, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm just curious to know. So obviously you started off, it took you about two years. You got obsessed with B Corp, which I love because I've done the same for the last three years. I've just gone deep. Um, and to B Corp land. And it's actually been pretty enlightening. I would just love to know, how did you find the process? Obviously, you know, as you were a startup and a growing business, it took, probably took more of your effort and time. Um, but how was the process for you? Have you got any sort of sh- share with us what the process was, but also if there's any key learnings or takeaways that you would love to share with people now that you're through it? And you've, you're probably on, you're about to recertify, I'd say, soon. My key learning is... If you find yourself a consultant, <laughs> it makes your life much easier um, and uh, probably shortens um, the certification process. So the reason why it took me two years is um, I wasn't smart enough to find templates mm. um, or maybe at the time there weren't that many templates around. Yeah. Um, so I literally had to start everything from scratch. Mm. Um, I, I believe B Corp has now a policy bank you can tap into and, you know, people sharing resources in, in the B Corp uh, forum and whatnot. When I started this process, there was not much around. Yeah. Yeah. And there were certainly no other uh, B Corps that I could tap on the shoulder in my region. Um, mm. I think, you know, there were, I could count on one hand how many B Corps were in process when I started mm-hmm. um, becoming obsessed. 
And then uh, these other B Corps in my region, they are not, um, they're, they're in other industries and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So their policies mm -hmm. don't necessarily align with mine. And also I'm a tiny, tiny business, you know? Mm -hmm. So I have to make this work for a small business. Uh, mm -hmm. And as I mentioned before, my business needs to be kind of recession proof, crisis proof, right? So um, I still managed to, you know, implement some really good policies, I believe. Um, one policy that I got inspired by Stone and Woods, the um, brewery here in Byron Bay. Mm -hmm. um, they had a return from maternity leave policy. So if mm -hmm. you came back from um, maternity leave within six months, they would pay you a bonus. And I thought, wow. that's brilliant. Yeah. Because um, if you're not on the tools for, you know, a period of time, because our industry is such a fast-paced mm -hmm. environment, you kind of lose touch with the tools and, mm -hmm. and, and how to build things. So it is actually of benefit to my employees as well as to my company when pe that people return from uh, maternity leave rather sooner than later. And I figured mm -hmm. out um, the bonus needs to at least cover the daycare costs, which are yeah, expensive yeah. in Australia, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So we... Um, we uh, actually had someone um, taking advantage of this uh, policy um, just um, at the beginning of the year. And I'm really glad um, uh, the person came back from maternity leave earlier yeah. than she needed to. So, yeah, I, I could uh, learn from other B Corps in my region. And now we're much mm -hmm. better organized as well. Mm -hmm. We have like uh, regional meetups and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and now I've, I'm happily passed on, you know, my learnings and my, my tools to other um, aspiring B Corps. Mm -hmm. um, but at the time, you know, there was not much around. So everything I developed, every single policy I wrote myself and had it wow. checked by a HR consultant, yeah. everything I measured, um, like I said, I measure in my spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. And before becoming B Corp, I then became climate neutral certified. Mm -hmm. So we were the first business in the Northern Rivers um, to be climate neutral certified. Um, and there was a lot of education necessary to our clients stakeholders uh and general public what that actually means mm -hmm. then we became member of one percent for the planet because we realized oh my god we're spending actually a lot of time working for free and volunteering yeah. a lot in yeah. the community um but also we could run campaigns for advertising campaigns for not-for-profits through the one percent mm -hmm. for the planet um uh, scenario um and we're donating a relatively large percentage too. So that was a necessary, or it was a logical step for us to become climate neutral certified mm -hmm. and then member of 1% for the planet. And then we got approached by um, Pledge 1%, which is mm -hmm. the US equivalent kind of to 1% to the for the planet. Um, so we joined that because at the time we had a lot of clients in the US. What else did mm -hmm. we do? Um, yeah, so we had all these micro steps yeah. on our journey to become a B Corp. And it's like that, isn't it? It's like as you're going through these questions and you see some of the answers and then you maybe have a couple of conversations with other B Corps or you see other things going on, you get inspired to take an action because you know if you do that, you're going to get the impact points, right? So it's sort of... It, that's what I say all the time. It's like these questions and the answers prompt you to look and maybe change some things or maybe 
formalize some things. So you were already doing good. It's just you formalized a lot of the things like 1% for the planet and things like that, which I love. Um, I would just love you to share because I know you touched upon it, but when you told me this a few months ago when we were sitting in a cafe, it just blew my mind because I had no idea, like literally no idea. And I think it's important to talk about because one, it is part of what you offer as as your business. Um, and two, I think it's really good for other aspiring B Corps or other purpose-driven businesses or people that just want to do good through business and knowing these things about the technology that you use, social media posts, email. So can you just share more about, I mean, I'm calling it sort of green tech, but that might not be the right term, but how do you do that yourself as a business and how do you teach others what's involved? So the problem is that the internet currently produces uh, something like 3.8%, 4% of the global carbon emissions, yeah, which is rising yeah. because we're using more and more data. We're streaming mm-hmm. services for music, for video. We're using web. We're constantly on our mobile phones. So web technologies are also being used to, you know, so discontent around privacy, prompt unethical decisions, and in some countries undermine personal freedoms and the well-being of society. We're actually tricked in spending more and more time on the internet. Social media giants um, design their user experience so we're glued to the screen. Yeah. So we're, you know, using yeah. their services more. So that that is a, a huge problem that we have identified while we were on the B Corp journey that we need to tackle this and how can we tackle it so we can make sure that everything we use to build tag or Mm -hmm. to host our tag Mm -hmm. is powered by renewables so that's a that's a no-brainer and um, if you you know do a, a google search on finding a green web post for example you see that the provider the the number of providers has exploded in the last couple mm. of years so yeah. having your website first and foremost and all of your applications in uh, on a green uh, uh, server or a green data center i should say yeah um, is the first step right okay. so um um how can you find a green um, web host? So there's a company called the Green Web Foundations Directory, and they're mm-hmm. listing, I think, something like 500 hosting providers around the world that have, you know, tangible commitment to using green energy in their data centers, and that's a really good starting point. Sometimes yeah. also when you visit websites, you see in the in the footer on the bottom, you know, that they're powered by green a green uh, provider. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or you'll just ask people in the B Corp community. So that, that's a really good starting point. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about um, uh, sustainable um, web design. So sustainable web design is an approach to design websites or web services that puts people in the planet first. So sounds very much like a B Corp. Yes, you know, right? it does. Um, so that means it delivers products, um, digital products and services that respect the principles of um the sustainable web manifesto. So if you Google that, mm, you will come okay. to a website where you can actually pledge that you are, um, you know, that um, you recognize that we need a sustainable internet. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there are six 
um, objectives. One is the services that you provide will be powered by renewable energy. So it's clean, mm -hmm. um, they're efficient. The products and services that you provide use the least amount of energy and material resources possible. And I come back mm -hmm. to that when we talk about sustainable web design. Mm -hmm. um, you use open source, your, your, your products and services will be accessible um, mm -hmm. for others to learn from. Um, your, your products and services provide um, will not exploit or mislead users mm -hmm. in the design or content. This is really interesting when it comes to form designs. What mm. information do you actually need to collect? How are yeah. you collecting it? How are you storing it? How are you keeping it secure? Yes. When are you releasing it? How are you deleting it? Um, it needs to be regenerative. Um, so the products and services that you provide um, will support an economy that nourishes people and the planet. And lastly, resilience. The products and services you provide will function in the times and places where people need them most. Mm -hmm. So these are the principles of the Sustainable Web Manifesto. So when we come back now to sustainable web design, where we mainly use these principles, we um, can talk about um, a couple of different ways to tackle them. First and foremost, I must say, most clients don't really care about the sustainability of their um, web stuff, aesthetics yeah. and yeah. affordability. Uh, come most first and foremost, often even SEO. Mm -hmm. um, I have rarely seen sustainability being part of a brief in yeah. MarTech marketing or tech. Mm -hmm. But for those ones who want to start the conversation, you know, yes. you need to think about, you know, what does the design uh, look like? How can I keep my design nice, clean, and lean? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you don't need to compromise aesthetics for a lean design. And what I mean with lean design is every time you open a website and a picture is rendered, it pings mm. somewhere server to produce mm. this picture in front of you, right? Mm. So the more colors, the more design elements, the more um, images you load on your website, the more data it takes using, to deliver yeah. that. Yeah, right? makes so if, sense. So if you strip that back and mm. have it lean, you are ultimately using less energy. Mm. So how can you simplify the design? And that's not only for web design. That also counts for email. Mm -hmm. Like, do we need to have GIFs and all the animations? Or could it be just a simpler, you know, text email? It, it has ultimately an effect. Like I said, 4% mm. of the global carbon emissions are produced by the internet. So mm. we have to start, you know, saving data somewhere yeah and being the aware design. of it I think most yeah. people aren't even aware like I didn't even know that it was a thing I was like what do you mean you know so there's that awareness and then the education and then you can start to take action from there yeah so hosting is yeah. really low-hanging fruit very affordable I, I don't think there's it costs anything more to host no you know, green I've just data done it recently data. no it doesn't yeah. yeah. So the design then, that's something you as the client or a web owner can influence, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that then translates into the development. And in a nutshell, um, sustainable web design or web development means that you're keeping also your code lean and clean. Yes. So you're not having enter spaghetti code and a thousand you know, things that load in the background and a massive backend if you don't actually need it. You just mm -hmm. code into the page what it needs to load that page. Yeah. So every web developer and every 
um, web designer will contact me after this podcast <laughs> and say, what do you actually mean? What does that actually I know, mean? I just, I just, I totally <laughs> had an image there because I used to work in IT and I just thought of all those developers that are like, like just love, just love coding. Love. And it was always a mess. Like I used to walk past their screens and be like, what is going on? So um, yeah, they'll probably be freaking out at that because everything is, is better to be simple. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, um, and some... Yeah, so that's good. We so have, like web hosting, yeah. website. Um, yeah, it's just it's just knowing those key things, isn't it? That's awesome. And um, and just lastly, just to sort of wrap up or to come to the end, Sonia, what would you recommend to any business, maybe a small region business like yourself that's sort of, um, you know, five years in, what would be the advice you'd give to them about B Corp or becoming a B Corp? Consumers demand now from brands and companies to take a stance. Mm. And we all know we are running out of time. Mm. We need to change something now. So if you can use your business as a force for good and apply ethical principles, apply common sense to how you can you know, save in your business um, and in your professional line of services, um, data, energy, and how you can make things better, that mm -hmm. helps you to stand out as a unique selling proposition from yeah. your competitors, but it also helps the planet and ultimately, you know, all the people that live on it. Yeah. So I think everyone can look at their own business and find something that you can streamline or do better or in a more ethical way or use more ethical supply chain or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. In my case, as for drunk parrots, um, you know, we have not the luxury to um, choose all of the global suppliers. Like mm -hmm. if you do marketing and people want Facebook and whatnot, mm -hmm. well, then this is what we have to do. But yeah. when you dig a little bit, you know, the, the big global players are also committing time, energy and money and resources to becoming better and recognizing, mm -hmm. you know, the, the effects of climate change. So we can't change the external factors, but we could change a lot in the way we produce and manage mm -hmm. and the way we treat our people and treat our clients and the way we're helping our local community. I mentioned that we do, you know, mm -hmm. an enormous amount of pro bono services in the community. Mm -hmm. I think this year it's something crazy like 45% of our time wow. we're actually working for free in the community wow, um, and helping environmental organizations who cannot afford us grassroots organizations who were affected by the two floods that we had mm. in 2022 or by bushfires we're helping them you know getting their message to the community helping them with their websites with their hostings mm. with you know governance with with strategy whatever we can yeah you're um, so but you can only do that if your company is, you know, strong enough and financially viable so you can actually put purpose before profit. And that's a yeah. conscious decision we made and not everyone um, has the luxury to, to do that. But um, I believe this world would be a better place if uh, more business owners could put purpose before profit. Absolutely. I love that. And lastly, where can people find you? How do they follow you, get to know you? Let us know. Well, like you said in uh, the intro, it's a company name you can't forget. It's <laughs> Four Drunk Parrots. Um, yes. I think we're on, on uh, Facebook, Instagram. We have a website, of course. We're heavily yeah. um, active on LinkedIn. We have a vibrant uh, blog where we share as much as we can. Um, yeah. 
that's where you find us. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sonia. It's been so nice to chat to you and just learn from you and all your wisdom. I could listen to you all day and just all the things you have. So um, thank you so much for your time. I hope you have a beautiful day and thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you for the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to I've Got Your Back, the podcast and our season one, which has been all about B Corps. I have got a wee gift for you because I really believe this is going to help so many people and so many businesses. So as we know, there's currently 6,500 B Corps certified globally across 161 industries in 89 countries. And this movement is not slowing down. It's gaining momentum and it's in momentum. And I really want to gift you a guide that tells you everything you need to know about becoming a B Corp and how to actually get certified. So make sure you download this guide after listening to the podcast and let me know what you think. Chat soon.